0: You are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by La Joy Society. And now, your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew. Okay, I'm gonna stop singing. The Golden Girls just popped in my head. My sister is um, going through the Golden Girls revival. You know, it's like a thing and there's t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. My sister is uh, is here for it, as they would say. And we watched every episode of that show when we were kids every episode every episode every episode and my cousin i'm sure she doesn't listen to the show but she'd kill me for saying that um she thought that our grandmother and great mother grandmother who lived together were um were like like that show and that they were sisters um but it was our grandmother and her mom that lived together anyway there's, that's where i am how's everybody else doing this evening <laughs> This day, so I am um, am here to introduce this week's episode. But there's like a couple things we got to go over first. Okay, so one, there's a new website. It's called PricklyAndBlooming.com. I don't know. Hey, you want to reach out to me? Just send me an email. Send me. It's Jesse at PricklyAndBlooming.com. So it's J-E-S-S-I-E at PricklyAndBlooming.com. So yeah, there's that. Um, the Instagram is also PricklyAndBlooming. Um, let's see what else. We're deep into Texas women now. What are we like a month into it? I'm loving it. We're gonna do this for a while. If you're from Texas or you live in Texas now, if you've got something to fucking say, if you've got a story to tell, if you have an interesting fucking job, if you own an interesting fucking business, if you want to talk about women who curse in fucking Texas, <laughs> if you want to tell me about how you got to Texas, if you want to tell me about, uh, like the band that you're in, that's like cool to fucking Texas. Um, tell me about it. Or are you the homesick Texan? like right now listening, I can't remember her name. Shoot. I can't remember her name right now. Are you listening? (laughs) She's not listening. (laughs) Send me an email. Let's like record him. Let's record an episode. I want to hear what she has to say. The Homesick Texan is a really great cookbook, everyone, if you are looking for some authentic uh, Texas recipes. Okay. So, oh, rate the show, review the show. Um, Y'all know that. Y'all do that. But wait, have you done that? Have you done that? If you I'll pause. I'll wait. Like I've said this before. Oh wait, just go grab your phone. You know, you're probably on your phone if you're listening to this, or you're you're at your desk. You can also review from their website, so you can just hit up the podcast, you know, app on your desktop. I mean, so yeah, so, so there's that. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Okay, cool. You got it. Great. Let's move on. I'm watching a storm roll in. There's nothing more like majestic that's a great word majestic than the like big texas skies and these clouds that are like they just gone for eternity eternity on for eternity and the sky rolling in it's really cool and it's that sunset it's gorgeous okay i'm gonna stop talking about how beautiful texas is and let's go meet kim oh and can you hear that somebody's knocking at my door i've got kids oh you can probably hear that okay it's time for me to go all right let's go meet kim Here we are. I have Kim with me today. Hello. I have said good morning. Good morning, Kim. It's one in the afternoon. <laughs>
1: Hello. Good afternoon.
0: Um, We're in um, like flooding in Texas right now. I think that's why it feels like morning because it's not like the bright Texas afternoon sun right now.
1: Yes. Love in the rain.
0: Yes. We were just talking You right before I hit record. You're talking about Austin. Did you see the news out of Austin today? Actually, that the capital is like flooded. I did
1: not see that. Oh, no.
0: Oh my gosh, it's like inches, inches of water. There's like a geyser in the middle. It's
1: like the actual Capitol building. Uh huh. Oh no.
0: Yep. And also, you know, in the back, when it's like underground and they have like that glass ceiling oh, in, yeah. behind the Capitol, mm-hmm. it is just like raining inside. Oh. It's nuts. If anybody's listening to this, yeah, I know. Like, and they're sloshing through inches, like in those back office ways. Anyway, that's how. This morning, my uh, my oldest kid sent me that. It was like, did you know that the Austin uh, capital is? Because we went there a couple years ago with them. But anyway, that's a lot. It's raining in Texas, so there's that. <laughs> anyway, what do we need to know about you before we hear your story? You know, we know your name is Kim. That's what I like to ask people. Like, what's a little bit before we hear a lot of it?
1: My name is Kim, and I'm a mom. I've got a daughter uh-huh. and two teenage stepsons, and I am married, I'm a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. I also am a hypnotherapist, and I'm a trained chef, so um, oh. I feel like I've always got a little project or some sort of creative thing going on, whether I'm studying or learning or I'm just experimenting so, I'm from San Angelo, Texas, and mm-hmm. I'll be turning 40 this year.
0: Oh, welcome to the um, 40 Club.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then we, li- we actually live a little outside San Angelo in a community called Wall, mm-hmm. and we've got some sheep mm-hmm. out back that my teenage stepson show in as part of their 4-H chef, so it's kind of neat to see that world. Uh, It's a little different than my yoga world. And um, yeah, and and then we just we just kind of hang out out here and doing the country life.
0: I love it. So I think this is a good place to start with stories. And I I know this this has something to do with yours. So what does Texas mean to you? You know, you were born here, you were raised here. And now you live here now. And like, when I say that, like, what does your identity as a Texan What do you think about?
1: I think that what Texas feels like to me is home, whether I'm in mm-hmm. North Texas, in Dallas, in the city, whether I'm mm-hmm. down in Del Rio by the border near Lake Amstead, you know, whether I'm out in West Texas with my Oldfield filled family and friends, um, like no matter where I am, no matter where I go, whether I'm in Austin with my hippie friends or, Out in the country with my rancher people, it just feels like home. And Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: I feel like even if I cross the state border, you know, going, coming from New Mexico or coming from Louisiana, which I lived in Louisiana for a while, I just feel like I'm at home. Even, you know, Mm -hmm. even though it might just be a mile over the border or even like one foot in each state, (laughs) that that foot that's planted Mm -hmm. in Texas I feel at home and I feel safe. I feel safe. I feel like Mm -hmm. uh, everything's going to be okay. It feels a little bit uncertain when I go other places, even though I love to travel and I've lived in other states and other places. Mm -hmm. But being here in Texas, I just just feel at home. It feels good.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. It's hard to explain to people, and I don't even necessarily feel it because I'm not from Texas, but I know like my husband is from Texas, and he knows exactly what you're talking about. And this is why, why what you just said is exactly why I'm doing this, this show, because I want to, I've been fascinated by the identity of Texas and Texans since I moved here 20 years ago, and how do I fit into that as somebody not from this state. And you've, you've described it so well, is it's more of, and this is, sounds so cheeky, it's like a mindset.
1: Yeah, it's definitely like a feeling You know, and it's not something that I really understood until I moved away, lived away, you know, for a chunk of time and came home, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then I'm...
0: Tell me about that. Was it after high school?
1: Yes. Yeah. As soon as I graduated high school, I mean, I could not wait to get the hell out of San Angelo and out of Texas. (laughs) I wanted to go... Somewhere I didn't really know anybody, and I wanted to live in a different state, and I just, you mm-hmm. know, kind of wanted to put mm-hmm. myself in kind of an unknown place and explore, and then I bounced around for a while, mm-hmm. and when I moved back to Texas, I actually moved back, I, I, I was living out in Los Angeles, when it was time for me to move back to Texas, okay. I actually chose to move to Dallas, Like, I'd barely even been to Dallas, except when I was a kid going to Six Flags or something, you know, (laughs) to play soccer. Um, Right, right. I chose Dallas, and Dallas became my home for several years. And, um, you know, and and that's just how Texas Mm -hmm. is to me. You know, I just landed Mm -hmm. in Dallas, and that instantly became my home. So.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. How long did you stay there for?
1: I lived in Dallas for about... Eight years, eight years. Mm
0: -hmm. So when, you know, when you were, you said you were bouncing around and you were in all other places. When you knew it was time to come home, if you will, you know, tell me about that.
1: Well, I was living in Los Angeles and I had moved out there kind of Mm -hmm. on a little bit of a whim. Again, I just, I had that Mm -hmm. kind of like feeling of I wanted to move and explore and try new things. I was young. So I was living in Los Angeles, and I had a really great job. I was doing catering and event planning for this really awesome high-end company, and it was fun. Um, unfortunately, I had a person in my life that, I don't know, was she, she was a hard person to have in my life. I just mm-hmm. wanted to come home. Like, my family's here. My friends were here. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I mean, I could have just probably got another apartment in L.A. and kept on going. You know, I actually had a lot going on right, out right. there for me but I just wanted to be back in Texas I mean and yep. I I know this sounds so silly but like I, I missed even Texas food and mm-hmm. you know Chick-fil-a I don't know I mean like it was just yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to be closer to my people and out there I felt very you know, very lonely a little bit, even though I had a few good mm-hmm. friends that I had made, you know, nothing feels as good as like your people, your family, you know, the, yeah. the those mm-hmm. friends that you've had your whole life. So that was what it mm-hmm. felt like for me. I, I just, I made the decision. I think I'm, I'm going to move on out of Cali, even though it's been so much fun. Mm-hmm. And, and I chose Dallas to, to move back to Texas too. And, It was awesome. Dallas is a cool a cool city.
0: Yeah, yeah. Were you surprised that you had those feelings because just however many years prior you were like, Get me out of here, eat my dust you know, like I love how it's it's the running from and then back to
1: I was very surprised. And kinda once I was honest with myself and I remember talking to my mom, I mean, it was like the process got in motion pretty quickly, you know. Then it was like, All right, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom wanted me to come back to Mm-hmm. And you know, and it was a little bit of like eating my words, because um, for so long I was yeah. like, I am mm-hmm. not coming back. Mm-mm. Peace
0: out, and, yeah. <laughs> and then
1: talk about really eating my words when I decided to move back to San Angelo. You know, I mean, yes. I had multiple people call me out on that. I can't believe you're moving back. Yes. You know, I thought you know I thought you'd never come back, and you know, I I just kind of had to be like, well, look, this is my life and this is Mm -hmm. what I've chosen to do. So, and the moving back to St. Angelo was also something that has really surprised me about how comfortable I am and how happy I feel. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I have no desire to go move, you know, really anywhere else. I I would love to visit. Yep. I mean, I I can't even really think of any place in the world that I want to just like load everything up and go start a new life there. And I never yeah. thought I'd say that ever. Yeah. But here we are. And I've been here now for 10 years.
0: And what happened? Like, what has your professional life done during this time? Cause you left, you you said you're in LA, you're working, you know, at a catering company. And then what have you done since then?
1: Well, when I moved to Dallas, I, I stayed in the industry of catering and event planning. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know if you've ever worked in the, food industry or the entertainment industry. It's it's a lot of work. Food service, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, a lot of work, a lot of high stress, high energy, you know, putting together these events, making sure everything is seamless and you get to go to the most fabulous parties in town through the back door. Mm-hmm. It just was very strenuous for me. I burnt out. I just flat out burned out. Mm-hmm. I worked with many toxic people. I just couldn't be around it anymore. And uh, mm-hmm. along that time, I had really started going to yoga, like consistently, <laughs> because I needed to relax. I needed to find some kind of way to decompress and <laughs> let it all go and not always go meet my girlfriends at the bar. So yoga became my refuge. And um, then I decided this, to- This go- is very familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Same I mean, <laughs> the
0: yoga is how I broke the coping habit of drinking. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, and, and honestly other things for me at that time, you mm-hmm. know, uh, pills, mm-hmm. other drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I don't know, yeah. just not really taking good care of myself at that time, but yep. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it. So I just, um, I kept showing up to that yoga class and I kept showing up and kept mm-hmm. showing up. And then finally I just, Took the leap of faith to sign up for the teacher training, and I gave my boss like a six month notice, and I, Mm -hmm. I just kind of phased out of that world and jumped two feet into being a yoga teacher. And about that time, Mm -hmm. I had decided to move back to San Angelo.
0: Okay, after you got your teacher training, Mm -hmm. you got that done Mm -hmm. in Dallas, and Mm
1: -hmm. I was. Uh, in a relationship with my daughter's father at the time, and he, mm-hmm. so he was living here. He was kind of the one that encouraged me to move back, which is, you know, mm-hmm. a blessing. And so we landed back here, and we were able to have our daughter. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I started teaching yoga in San Angelo, and at that time, it was, there was only a few handful of teachers, and I feel like mm-hmm. the vibe in San Angelo about yoga was hesitant. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I had, I would, I remember I had a lady tell me once that I was going to go to hell and then I was like, okay, even though after I had just read a Buddhist prayer of forgiveness during Shavasana, yep. I think, cause I used the word Buddhist, but if I had never mm-hmm. said that, it would have been a beautiful prayer of forgiveness that, you know, maybe would have resonated with mm-hmm. her. hmm But I feel like I just kind of pushed through that. I'm glad that I didn't let that energy deter me because um, Mm -hmm. I was able, I started working at the Cactus Hotel. I got a job as the building manager. So I had like a daytime full-time job and the building owner of the Cactus Hotel was so generous and kind to offer me as part of my employment there, a space to teach yoga for free. So... Oh, very I started cool. teaching in the evenings, and you know, and in, in the Cactus Hotel is like an iconic spot here. Um, mm-hmm. and
0: uh, side note for everyone, it's a Hilton hotel, yeah, like it was built in the 40s, correct? I think it was built in the 30s 19- or 40s, or f-
1: I think it was 1932.
0: Okay, yep, yeah, and it was uh, Hilton kind of hedged his bets or whatever, I don't know what the term would be. That St. Angelo would be a big place. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a big 14 story hotel that kind of sticks up out of the downtown. It doesn't quite match what the city grew into, but I, I've only been in it once to like an office. Mm -hmm. It looks amazing in there.
1: Yes. And so it's also, Mm -hmm. you know, it became this really unique place to practice yoga and I was so lucky Mm -hmm. enough to have that opportunity. And so I feel like the yoga for me just grew and grew in this really beautiful Mm -hmm. organic way, and so we, I did that for about five years, and then I decided to just stop working full-time, and I wanted to teach yoga full-time, and so I, since then, I've Mm -hmm. been, you know, working as a full-time independent yoga teacher. I teach a lot of private sessions. That's kind of what my main Mm -hmm. business is, is private stuff, and Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. very nervous that you know, it wouldn't work and whatnot. But I just, I don't know, you know, when you put your heart out there, I feel like mm-hmm. the right people find you at the right time. So
0: yeah, that's a huge that moment you're talking about of people struggle with a lot of like, it's also similar to when people talk about having a children, right? When's the right time? When have you got everything set up? Right. And it's also the same thing as kind of going out, like quitting your corporate job or quitting your day job, if you will, and going after this other thing that's been, you know, occupying your time, they have very similar feels, don't they? Where it's like, there's no defined checklist. You know, once you have this many uh, dollars in the bank, once you have this much, or, you know, uh, once your um, stress level hits this height, you know, like, there's no measurable amount. It's, it really is going, I think, with your gut. I don't know any other way to put it to people. Like, if you feel, you know, this is the moment to, you know, have children, it's it's never going to be right. It's never going to be perfect. Um, <laughs> and then And then by the time you have your second one, you, you will have let go of that expectation. But I feel like it always happens with that first one, right? And then j- going out on your own, you know, it's never going to make sense on paper. Sometimes you just have to make a leap of faith, right?
1: Yes. And, you know, it's like, if you don't do it, can you live with never really knowing, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's, that's kind of, uh, how I've been professionally here in San Angelo.
0: In your family. I don't know how else to say this is. Do you stick out? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> see why I was well, like, how do I say this? I would say yes. You know, are
0: you, are you unusual
1: in your family? Yeah, I, I would say yes. Yeah. You know, and I've always kind of felt a little unusual. I mean, just even from the fact uh-huh. that I'm a blondie. And everybody in my family, even on my mom and my dad's side, are brown hair Mm -hmm. people. Okay. Even from that, like as a kid, like I remember as a a young girl, probably my daughter's age, I was snooping around Mm -hmm. in my parents' bedroom trying to find some proof that I like hatched from an egg or something.
0: (laughs) That you were adopted? (laughs) Right. Love it.
1: So I think that, yeah, I've definitely been a little bit unusual and I've definitely take a little bit of untraditional paths in my life and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's what they love about me. And over the years, I think that, they, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, think it's cool.
0: Yeah. Yes. I, I asked you that because, um, I'm the similar person in my family when I was a kid. Let me know if, the, if this was said about you. She, um, goes to the beat of her own drum. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've heard that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Um, and why I ask that too is because I think, and this is why I, I'm exploring the identity of a Texan, if you will, with the show right now, mm-hmm. is there's a lot of like chutzpah and uh, personality with a state. And there's a lot of stereotypes that go wrong along with it, right? The outside world has a lot to say about Texans. You know, how do you know somebody's a Texan? <laughs> Don't worry, they'll let you know, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. I just want to highlight that you are against that current. You know what I mean? Like I think that your your energy and your work and, you know, especially coming from, I know where you, you know, we both live in the same town. I know where you grew up. Um, I know that you are outside of a traditional roles and mindset. And, um, and I know that now that you said that, you know, that was something that happened in your family, you know, you were, you were, it was acknowledged that you kind of had your own uh, thing going on. Do you have a greater sense of that? Like in, in the state in general, like I know this feel like because I'm fascinated by like this feels like so much like home to you, right? I love that you feel so much at home when I feel like you're contradictory to a lot of what makes Texas Texas.
1: Yes, I understand.
0: <laughs> Does what that make saying? sense? Uh, okay, I know this okay, yeah. seem... Phew, I've articulated that real well. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think that I'm completely genuine when I say this. That mm-hmm.
0: okay.
1: I can be around conservative, traditional Texans. Mm-hmm and mm-hmm. be one with them if that's mm-hmm. this the environment that I'm in and be completely comfortable and genuine. And then mm-hmm. there's, you know on the spectrum of Texans, you know, where um, mm-hmm. things maybe get a little bit more liberal or whatever. I feel that I'm also mm-hmm. comfortable and um, like at one with them too. I really can't mm-hmm. explain it. Don't get me wrong. like There has been circumstances, I'd say, on both sides of the spectrum where I, on the inside I'm rolling my eyes or I'm just like, yeah. okay, you know, like this really isn't my vibe. But I just try to treat people the way that I would want to be treated. And I just try to show respect. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't, you know, so I don't know. That's just, that's where I've landed with, Yep. how i feel all across the board with with people from texas. So. Agreed. Agreed. Does that make sense? Yes.
0: And i uh-huh. Yeah. And i'm shaking my head because i can exist in those spaces as well. And i um i think no one's more surprised that i can being from new england. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, being, being a, a, a Yankee, if you will, you know, a lot of people can sense that like, you're not from around here. And I'm like, no, you know, I have been here for a long time though. And like, I'd love to hold, it's like holding these two identities and in, in, like being from new England and also living in Texas now for 20 years, I get what you're saying completely. And I could sense that about you. That's why I asked about it because I think it's a fascinating and I think it's the way forward.
1: Yes. And I will tell you that I have lived, my life in Mm -hmm. both of those worlds like growing up i was definitely in the more conservative traditional realm you know going to church you know i mean Mm -hmm. nothing shocking with my hair with my clothes or my music (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. i i don't know i mean you know just kind of normal normal i guess and then you know i lived a time in my life where when i went to culinary school i lived in austin and i kind of started
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Discovering, I don't know, uh, Austin, a, a little <laughs> bit Austin, yeah, and I feel like now I can kind of like take both mm-hmm. worlds, and I can, you know, they're both mm-hmm. me. It's you know, it's both me because I feel like each time when I was in both of those realms, I was closed minded almost, like kind of judgy towards the other side. And I just mm-hmm. don't want to be that person. And that's just not who I am. I feel like I've evolved and I'm, I can be in both worlds and be completely genuine and authentic. And I've got mm-hmm. so many people in my life that kind of create this melting pot of personalities and mm-hmm. views and beliefs. And I just, I just love them. It just, it just doesn't matter to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a special place to be able to exist in that like in between, if you will. And I I really do embrace it. And I love it. I'm like, we could go even more. It's like about humanity to me, you know, anyway. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, we could probably open that one up. Even yeah, I more. know.
0: <laughs> I know. Keep going. Right. But. Yeah. I want to know a little more about um your personal journey. You know, I know that like, what was what was it like to like you said, you came across like some like, oh, wow, you're coming back here, like, spiritually, if you will, or personally or, or emotionally or, you know, with, with like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, more, more you know, woo woo part yes. <laughs> of your journey of like coming home, if you will. Like, what was that like?
1: You know, it's pretty interesting that as far as me in like a, a higher spiritual way, San Angelo mm-hmm. moving back 10 years ago or so is where I truly
2: mm-hmm.
1: began to transcend. I feel like yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: growing up, And, you know, during my 20s, when I moved around and bounced around and experienced a bunch, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's like there was something that I was seeking, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And Mm -hmm. then when I landed back in San Angelo, and I just really, Mm -hmm. really dove into teaching yoga and my own practice, Mm -hmm. and I started to live a life that was more of, like, I would consciously choose how I wanted to spend that day. I was less influenced by my friends or, I don't know, social stuff. I just, I really was able to drop into a deeper place. And and so I'd say just really the past 10 years, I've dove into meditation, Mm -hmm. learning, studying, like it's more exciting for me to... I don't know, read a book about mantra (laughs) than to to, like put on any fancy shoes and outfit and go to some social gathering of people and have small talk Mm -hmm. that is draining for me. I guess the the past 10 years has just been this deepening that honestly, I I think it's what I've been seeking and I'm still uncovering. It still is unfolding more and more and more. And I feel like, you know, people will bring up things like religion or whatever to me. And I just, you know, it's almost like I've begun to see a, a higher network, a web of connection
2: mm-hmm.
1: of us all. Mm-hmm. Like whether you're, you know, whatever religious path you follow or no religion or um, I, I don't know. Like there's just this there's this higher connection that I've been able to tap into. Mm -hmm. It's so funny that it's San Angelo has been my home while I've Mm -hmm. been uncovering this higher level of thought and way to live. And I just, you know, it's, it's kind of, you would think that I would have discovered that, you know, in Los Angeles or Austin or something, but it's, it's really, it's been in San Angelo.
0: I think it probably had a comfort of home.
1: Yeah, and um, it really bothers me when people that aren't from San Angelo talk down about San Angelo. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there was Mm -hmm. this one person that used to always talk about how ugly San Angelo was and there was no nature... And I'd be like, well, have you ever been for a walk on the river? Or do you ever go to the KOA? You know, or Mm -hmm. it almost like hurt my heart, you know, because she always wanted to compare it Mm to Oregon or something. Well, come on, you know, something
0: (laughs) right. Like that's yeah, apples and oranges. Yeah.
1: And because it's so opposite for me to find. I I say godliness, but I mean that in in such a Mm -hmm. universal way in San Angelo out here in West Texas. Yep. It's here. It's like in the beautiful flowers that bloom on the cactus. It's in our wildflowers. It's in the fields out here in wall of uh, wheat and corn and it's in mm-hmm. our sunsets and our sunrises. And I don't know, you know, there's just, there's something really meaningful and beautiful out here that represents spirituality to me, but that has nothing to do with a specific religion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, I get it. And I was able to access that also in West Texas, you know, not, um, I lived in Massachusetts when I grew up and then I lived in Austin and it wasn't until like 14, 15 years ago when we moved to Marfa and the word, like oh, the majesty of the landscape out there, like really opened me up and then I can still see it here. Like, um, it's, it's a little different than far West Texas because Marfa is kind of like a city if you will. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. And I've actually had, this is really funny I have a friend on Instagram who found me through like hashtags of San Angelo and she told me, and we're, we've connected on Instagram and whatever, that she's like, I see San Angelo differently from your photos. Like I never saw it look like that, you know, cause she's around our age and she lives internationally and it's so interesting. She was like, you've made me think and look at my city differently, you know? And of course I, I could say the same about my hometown that I've been gone from for 20 years too, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I absolutely, I I actually as somebody who's not from San Angelo I get defensive about people from San Angelo saying like this city, talking down mm-hmm. on San Angelo. I'm like, It's not that bad, you guys <laughs> You know, like Yeah And we came yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of people are comparing it to like a big city and so they're just kinda of wanting like maybe big city luxuries that aren't here. And I came from um, a much smaller town. So to me, I'm like, there's so much here. <laughs> you know, there's so much going on. What are you talking about?
1: Yes. You know, I think that it's all of what you make it. If, you know, totally. I mean, it can be heaven, you know, and you just mm-hmm. embrace it, you know, or it can, mm-hmm. you know, be a very sad place, you know, but it's, it's really yep. your, your decision of how you want to be right here, right now.
0: Yep. Totally. So it feels like, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like you're at like a height, right? You're at a like a, you're doing what you want professionally. You know, you're a mom, your kid's in school, like she's growing up, it's doing all these things, you got the older kids and um, and things seem pretty swell.
1: Things are really good right now.
0: I have a feeling that you have a deep appreciation for that and you're able to kind of do the, the work that you do because you had times that things weren't so wonderful.
1: Yes. I feel like, uh, is
0: there a time like that? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I feel like I, I want to, uh, you know, hear people going through some hard times and some, some really heavy stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you tell someone, you know, like this two shall pass, you will get through this. Yeah. And, and they don't believe you you know because it seems so unbelievable at the time you know but i I feel like I I'm there you know like I'm I can look back and be like okay I did it
0: mm-hmm. it's an earned mindset as that's what I'm trying to say you know is to be able to be like the piece that I can um, know that comes from you like it's it's not from Things being easier, not from you know what I mean. Of lack, of, anyway. I, I think everybody is nodding their head of like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain amount of peace that comes from knowing you're on the other side of something. How about that? Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, yeah. So, and you know, I, I definitely feel like I'm still in a transition, and there's always growth. Mm-hmm. And I'm, always, I'm still yep. even you know trying to figure out you know what I'm going to be doing next month. You know, but right, I, I feel like there's a there's a knowing that everything is going to be okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What age do you think you finally got that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'd say the the past couple of years have been really mm-hmm. really comforting for me. Mhm. Just just in the past couple of years. I feel like up mm-hmm. until then like I was always kind of scrambling on the inside and mm-hmm. um but putting on a happy face on the outside
0: right and then finally having it come into Ah, alignment there we go i'm like it's a yoga word (laughs) alignment yeah so i asked that because um (laughs) because clearly wait here this is the background of my phone oh you can't really see it there we go it says you'll be fine and it's graffiti from marfa where we used to live it was a couple years ago it was before we moved away that somebody you know spray painted that on the building it's still there i took a photo of it like two weeks ago and it was around the same time that I was finally open to receive that message. Does that make sense? And I was just like, this oh, yeah. is the most profound graffiti <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and it's the screen, you know, on my phone and that like, that would be a gift I would give it. It's to so many people. Right. Cause it's kind of like, you know, in the queer community, there's always like, it gets better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a mantra, right. You know, of, to young queer youth or like moms, right. It gets better. Um, when you have little babies and they will grow up and they will eventually wipe their own butts and buckle their own seatbelts and be able to wash their own hair, you know, <laughs> all those wonderful things. Right. And I feel like, you know, the the common thread of all of that is, is like, it, you know, it does change and you will be fine and you will, you know, not to, and I never want to say it with a um, minimizing people's experience. Like sure. I certainly don't ever want to put that edge to it, but I like coming from a place of like, you know the only thing just as part of my like uh, one of my morning reading books is um you know fire my you know kind of fire energy if you will might seem so intimidating but it's the only thing that can change uh, uh darkness to light
1: yeah yeah
0: and I feel like there's a certain amount of understanding of that you know To anyway so if you're you're doing yoga now you're a yoga practitioner if you will, you are a mom. What else fills your time these days?
1: I am a hypnotherapist, and so I'm really interested in hypnotherapy right now. I love l- learning everything about the mind.
0: Okay, tell me about it. Pretend like b- pretend I don't know anything about it, which I kind of basically don't know anything about. It.
1: <laughs> so it's not anything like you've seen at Project Graduation or on a cruise ship or any kind of stage entertainment. At right. all. You know, this is this is like um, legitimate, just compassionate. Work and Mm -hmm. the thing about hypnosis is that it's just very similar to like a guided meditation, it is very relaxing, Mm -hmm. you feel very calm, and then whatever your goal is for coming to hypnotherapy. Um, you know, so for example, like when somebody comes to me for hypnotherapy, there's usually a considerable amount of time that we're going to have a deep conversation. Because, um, like, let's just say somebody wants to come for anxiety, which is a very common thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, when we start talking about anxiety, that might open up a conversation. That opens up a conversation. That opens up a conversation that ends with they have a belief about themselves that is... Mm -hmm. I'm just giving an example, you know, that they're not a good mom. Then next thing you know, Mm -hmm. that opens up a conversation to how their relationship with their mother was when they were a child. And um, so we Mm -hmm. really get into like some root beliefs and thoughts and feelings. And in hypnosis, Mm -hmm. when you are deeply relaxed, when your body is relaxed, when the conscious mind can be kind of minimized or, or quieted down, we can then access the subconscious part of the mind. And the subconscious part of our mind is where we store those deep-seated beliefs and feelings about ourselves, about the world. And if we can access the subconscious part of the mind and start to offer in a new thought pattern. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that, let's just say that particular client, you know, we, during our conversation, you know, the words that they'll tell me are, I just want to laugh. I want to smile, um, you know, when my daughter starts asking for a snack and not grit my jaw and grit my teeth. Okay, all right. So, you know, right there they kind of shared a little bit about what they want their reaction to be like, you know. And they've given mm-hmm. me now mm-hmm. uh, thoughts and feelings and, and even like a, a visceral, you know, some body, some body stuff. And so then, I'll, so that so after you know we get super relaxed, super calm, then you know some positive words can be suggested to the subconscious mind that aren't things that I'm coming up with. It's the things that they have given me in our initial conversation, and through the process of just positive suggestion work, um, sometimes we do a process called regression, where they'll be guided to go back to some of these times in their life where some of these experiences that rooted these beliefs and stuff we can kind of reframe them or reshape them along with positive suggestion work and Mm -hmm. and and start to get the subconscious mind to be like you know i do believe that i am a good mom and Mm -hmm. in those moments where you're feeling frustrated about your kid bugging you about a snack you might notice that you start to clench your jaw but you're guided in that time to take mm-hmm. a deep breath and you can start to create right. a new pattern, a new thought. And so that's kind of how hypnosis works. And it's cool. It's, it's really, it's really, really beautiful. I record the sessions and I tell people you have to listen to this, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll give them a time frame, kind of depending on what their goal is, or I guess really what my intuition guides to tell them, but there has to be A little bit of repetitiveness because our subconscious mind loves repetition. Like think about when you tell yourself in our dialogue, I'm not enough. I'm a bad mom. I'm not -hmm. enough. I'm a bad Mm -hmm. mom. You start to believe that. And you start to carry it in your body. Your posture might sink. You might have digestive issues. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been clenching your teeth. You've got, you know, clench Mm -hmm. in your hand. So there's this, you know, over so long of time, you believe that. And you're, it's mm-hmm. in your body now. So if we can kind of use that same idea of repetition to access the subconscious mind with this corrected pattern or this positive way mm-hmm. of being and living. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a twofold thing, you know, coming for a hypnotherapy session. I Most of the time, you don't just walk out and boom, you're good. There has to be a little bit of back end work. Otherwise, it it might be short. It might work, but it might be short lived. But if you want long lasting, long results, you're gonna have to do some of this other work. And there will be that subconscious part of your mind of like, I don't want to listen to it. I just want to turn on the TV, watch my show. Right. No. Right. No. If you want to change, if you want to feel better, you want to improve your self belief and feeling, you've got to make time. Do it. You know. And so anyway, it's it's just a really cool it's a really cool thing. That was kind of a long rambled explanation, but
0: no, I love it. Is this something that you were like, I'm going to say like a client of before that you, before you became a practitioner of,
1: yeah, I definitely, um, I, I've always dealt with anxiety forever Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I was, you know, talking to a friend and she suggested that I connect with her friend. That was a hypnotherapist, um, in Austin. Mm -hmm. And so we connected and, I just remember my first session with her. I felt so good, like it was so real and raw and I cried and uh, I I just I had never I I had never felt so good. And you know, we we revisited the work a few different times, mm-hmm. but I just remember that day. I almost felt like I had taken yeah. this euphoric pill. And all day I just I felt so good and it was, but it's, you know, it's totally natural. And so, yeah, after I kind of had my sessions with her and experiences with her, um, I decided I want to do this. This is, this is something that I really want to dive into.
0: Right. It goes quite like uh, seamlessly along with yoga and that sort of. Um, oh, I just said it before the the uh, alignment. alignment. There we go. Yes,
1: <laughs> like, I can't think of alignment and, all the time. And in, in the past few years of me teaching yoga, I've really dove, dove deeper into things like yoga nidra and meditation and pranayama. You know, getting really away from asana. And um, mm-hmm. so this just really felt like it was the next step for me. It was already something that I was kind of already doing, but uh, right. this takes mm-hmm. it to a deeper level because. And then I've gotten away from practicing so much asana and even really wanting to teach it um, just because I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. I've had my uh, injury that you know where I broke my arms and stuff and that, that has that really oh, that's right. That really affected how I was able to continue teaching and practicing yoga. And so mm-hmm. this is just, I don't know, my way of continuing my work but without having such mm-hmm. a toll on my body, the
0: physical. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned in your, um, form that you broke both of your arms on the same, the same, at the same moment, correct?
1: Yes. It's really only, it's, it was about three years ago. We were in Austin for a, uh, for a Willie Nelson concert and, uh, we were so excited to go to that concert, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my cousin's boyfriend decided we needed to kill some time in the afternoon, so he booked us one of those Segway tours uh, around the capital. Oh, and that's not okay. my style. Yeah. I don't really like to do adventure-y stuff that's dangerous. Uh-huh. I kind of like to watch. I like to watch, but it's just not something that I like to do, and he had said... That morning, well, I've already paid for it, so we're gonna go. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, going through the Capitol. It was so beautiful. Our our Capitol in the, in Austin is is a beautiful place. It's
0: underwater be. and beautiful. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I know. The poor thing is underwater right now. And I
1: remember even feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun. Like I wish that I mm-hmm. had my earphones and that I could have been listening to music, because I was I, mm-hmm. I was like on that thing, like, oh, this is so much fun. And then we went down a hill, like a steep hill. Oh no. And my Segway just, it like accelerated. And um, Uh I couldn't slow it down. And when I got to the bottom of the hill, basically I just, I hit the curb and I flew off of the Segway and onto the cement (sighs) sidewalk like this. And
0: yeah, put your hands out to stop yourself. And I
1: broke my right wrist and my left elbow. And it's honestly a freaking miracle that I did not hit somebody else because there was a lot of people around. And when I also landed, my chin was, like, kind of jutted forward. And, um, you know, I could have really hurt my neck or, I don't know, my teeth. I mean, like, you know, yeah. broken uh-huh. arms was a brutal thing, but it really could have been way worse. Um, yeah. You know, that was that was kind of an ass kicker. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah uh, yeah that would be yeah. it
1: was it was pretty rough, you know I had just uh gone through a divorce literally like thirty days to the day before, and
0: wow. um i
1: you know my daughter at the time was two, and I was they
0: need a lot of care,
1: yeah, I mean, I couldn't brush my hair, you know, getting dressed mm-hmm. was hard, I really relied on my mom, you know, I'm so thankful that she was here in San Angelo to help me out, but And, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I was a full-time yoga teacher. I had a little independent studio and luckily Mm -hmm. I had a really good group of students. And one of my student friends offered to be the person that did all the demo and the movement.
0: Okay. Got it. While you like announced class.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So what I did was I just went up there. I, I taught verbally. And so it kind of like taught me a new way to be, um, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of doing the down dog and showing you, you know, I I just talked you through it. And you know, now looking back, I think it made me a better teacher. But right, um, you, you know, at the uh-huh. time it was just the only way to keep my classes going. That was a pretty dark time, you know. I'd say that was probably the darkest mm-hmm. night of my soul was that yeah. time and I just kind of kept on going, but you know, I made it through. I made it through and then, you know, not Well, too, too, too long after that, I connected with this beautiful man who's now my husband and we've known each other our whole lives. And, you know, it weirdly felt like the universe was like, okay, Kim, like, okay, Mm -hmm. come here and just lifted me up.
0: We got you. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I knocked you down for a minute there. Right. Like.
1: And it could have taken me down a really bad, dark path. I felt like, you know, there was multiple times that I just was like, I think I'm good on this world. I'm done.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, you know, um, something in me just said, like, you're going to get through this. Thanks for sharing. Yeah.
0: I'm like, oh, I'm jumping back now for a second. Do you Do you (laughs) do the hypnotherapy online or just in person? Both.
1: Okay, Um, cool. Yeah, if somebody doesn't live here locally, um, Mm -hmm. we can totally Mm -hmm. do it on Zoom. And um, I've taken several sessions as a client on Zoom, and Mm -hmm. I've had deep, wonderful experiences. So I don't want that to deter people from, Mm -hmm. you know, working with a hypnotherapist or really any kind of virtual therapy, you know. Um, I think it's totally legit. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, in-person's great or we do it virtual.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I should say that, uh, Kim and I haven't seen each other in a long time, but the, I met her at yoga <laughs> a couple of years ago when two years ago, um, my husband and I moved here we went to a yoga studio and Kim was the teacher then. And then I haven't seen you in a long time though. I know <laughs> It's been a while.
1: You know, and I, I remember meeting you and your husband and I've always mm-hmm. loved it when couples together you know like oh yeah as a
0: yoga teacher what is that yeah I'm, I'm so curious like what is it when you see a couple where you're like oh yeah these people get it or you're like oh no oh, I me. love
1: it I love it I, I yeah. mean whether it's one person is the one that encourages the other one to come or they're both into it you know just whatever however they got there I think it's cool I think it's a great way to just be together and deepen your relationship and have an, an interesting experience together um And it's, you know, away from our cell phones and
2: Mm
1: -hmm. it's just out of our comfort zone sometimes. And so I think it's really Mm -hmm. special. And I also feel the same way when a parent and child come, even Mm -hmm. if the child's a college student, you know, just Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. When two people that are close attend a yoga class together, there was, I, I always feel like honored that that's what they chose to do together and that I got to be the one teaching, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. My husband, um, I, I got to yoga the same way you did kind of as a, I need something else to cope with life if you will, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I did that for a couple of years and then my husband, I mean, he never vocalized it, but I know that he saw the positive effects that it had on me and Susan, so um, there was like a particularly rough moment in our business we're going through and he was like I need an outlet and I joked and I was like there's an intro to yoga class starting next week and he was like done signed up and I was like oh okay <laughs> you know I was <laughs> just kidding totally because like really yeah all right and so now he's you know practiced kind of alongside me since then but that's that's how we ended up there we, I think this is probably a common story too. COVID really knocked off our um, regularity of attending classes, you know, and we did it from home a lot during COVID. But then once we opened it, it's like we had a baby this year opening a business, and unfortunately, um, that habit hasn't been able to come back yet, but I'm, you hear me gritting my, I'm like, I'm determined, <laughs> I'm determined. Um, you know, a lot of people are, like, you can do yoga at home. And I'm like, I can't do yoga at home. I have four kids. My dad lives close by. I've got two dogs and a cat. Like it's, yeah. there's not really any physical space where we're like busting out of seams in this house. There's not even a place to kind of like, I do yoga like here. Right. <laughs> anyway, yes. Those are all my excuses, but it's not excuses. It's that I honor actually going to a place. For me, I have to transport out of my home to be able to disconnect and to be able to really access the work, if you will.
1: Absolutely. Sometimes being at home, there's just too much distraction. And so I get it. I mean, I don't, I'm lucky that I've got a whole garage that we've converted into a studio.
0: Oh, cool. You know, otherwise...
1: I mean, I'm sitting here interviewing, you know, with you right now, and my mm-hmm. daughter's been knocking on the door and trying to Facetime so me. Too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I had some <laughs> knocks too. Yep, I know. Yeah, it's like trying to. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. All right. I feel like we're ready. We're ready for my questions. This one is a holdover from the the non-Texas edition because it's it's such a fascinating subject to me. Cilantro, yes or no?
1: Love
0: it. Okay. Oh yeah. Love it too. Mm-hmm. Um, when was the last time you went tubing?
2: Ooh.
1: Maybe when I was like 21. Oh, I'm so good it's been a tubing. while. Like, again, I I'll, I will sit on the side and I will be with the car keys. I'll come pick <laughs> you up. I'll be waiting in I the house, it. but I'm good on the tubing. <laughs> oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> we um we just went uh, with my whole family finally which was very exciting because like over the uh, having four kids really keeps you from like a lot of things like that for many years you know, it was like somebody's a baby somebody's breastfeeding somebody needs a nap somebody else needs a nap like <laughs> like my husband has gone with the older kids a couple times but we we finally all got to go this summer and it felt very exciting to me
1: Yes, and that is so. That it, it is such good memories for your kids. I mean, I remember doing tubing when I was a kid, and I loved it. But as I got older, like, I I remember just getting like so sunburned, or my arms mm-hmm. would be so sore, or you know, yeah. all, all these little like drink too
0: much. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Yeah. We're we're starting we're we're just going to the the family existence or experience of it now you know like with the parents and it was fun yes but it had been why I asked them, like when was the last time because it had been a good decade for me if not more I think almost probably fifteen years since I've been in Central Texas
1: yeah and it is a great way to see some of the most beautiful parts of Texas
0: yes yes one hundred percent absolutely
1: and see some good clean clear water and the trees and beautiful water you get to be yeah. in the hill country. And it's gorgeous. You slow down.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you slow down. Like, the kids, we just went on a two-hour one, and my husband was like, you know, you can do this for six hours. (laughs) They were like, no! Yeah, I think two hours (laughs) is a
1: perfect amount of time to tube.
0: I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. What was your first job?
1: My first job was uh, Cece's Pizza. I worked at CC okay. Pizza here in San Angelo and, um, work in the cash register. And then all my friends that's worked there. That's a great there. first job. All my, we, I oh. played soccer and we all worked there.
0: Oh, that's such a great experience. Do you know what H-E-B stands for?
1: Uh, is his name Harold E. Butts?
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love asking people that. <laughs> Oh Howard. Howard, I thought it was Harold. Okay. Wait, no wait. Which one? I'm looking. I'm googling it right now on the other side. No Howard. I thought it was Harold too. Okay, hold on. Let's we're we're verifying this in in uh, real time right now. Okay. Because as you said that, I was like, wait, Harold Howard? Oh yes. So Florence Butt opened the CC Butt Grocery Store on the ground f- floor of her home in Kerrville, and then in 1919, Howard Edward Butt. Florence's youngest son took over the store upon his return. So it must have been Howard Edward.
1: Howard Edward Butts, yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought it was um, Harold. Okay, good. I'm glad we verified that right now. I'm asking people, and I was like, wait a second. Yes. (laughs) And then, oh, I love to let people know the slogan, though. I love the slogan, to hear everything's better.
1: Oh, yeah, I like that.
0: Yes, that's what they call H-E-B, hear everything's better. This is, like, very process-oriented and very much (laughs) to the... To the um, core of... Because um, you talked about like food in Texas, right? Yes. When you were at a barbecue restaurant, you have gotten... The, do you eat meat? Mm-hmm. Okay. You've gotten your brisket, you've gotten your ribs, you've gotten your your sides. Because sometimes, you know, you can have all the sides. Yeah. Um, and you've gotten your stack of bread. Yes. <laughs> do you eat the bread? How do you eat the bread, if you eat the bread?
1: I, I don't know. The bread's not my favorite part. I do... I like uh-huh. to just focus on the meat and the sides. Yep. I feel like the bread yep. just kind of takes up space in my belly.
0: <laughs> Filler, if you will.
1: And uh, yeah. I feel like when I was a kid, I really liked that bread. And I would make little sandwiches yeah. for myself at the table.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But but now, <laughs> I, if, I, if we go to a barbecue restaurant, I would, unless it's like a, a biscuit or cornbread, then i'm all yeah, about something special that, that sliced uh-huh. white bread the
0: sliced white bread uh-huh yeah
1: i'm i'm good i'd rather just focus on the meat and the yep. sides oh
0: uh, see coming as an outsider coming into this world because very much hello barbecue is like an experience right i remember being sitting there being like what am i supposed to do with this what, or do we just eat this like <laughs> yeah (laughs) so I'm I'm just fascinated by and 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 just think it's such a um bellwether you know like how do you experience the bread (laughs) like what do you do and of course my story is that I can't eat it so I don't even have it but this is just knowing like from years of coming in and being an outsider coming to this experience and being like what's this stack of bread for what are we supposed to do with that yes
1: it before knowing you know what is this for but um Uh uh-huh anyway
0: yeah. I mean, the same thing. I, did. I went through the same thing with tortillas as a, as a Yankee, there, you know, there's not restaurants that like serve you tortillas with your meal. I'm like, what are we doing with this? You yeah. know, like yeah. you're supposed to make, Oh, you're supposed to make like a little taco out of it. Oh, okay. Like I, it's the food experience that you were talking about, you know, when you said you missed the state, it's there's rituals to it. And yes. that's something that stood out to me as a, as like a, an outsider coming into the state.
1: Yeah. I can talk about food a lot. If you ever want to talk about food, Uh, oh
0: I know I could do a whole series about like Texas food even that you know yeah oh my gosh barbecue Mm. yeah I never you know it's not something I experienced in New England do you have anything else like because I'm I'm at the end of my questions but again I'll open it up like anything you want to leave us with us
1: I thank you so much for um you know your time and chatting with me and this is a, a cool experience and I feel like really proud and honored to be representing one of your Texas women. So thank you.
0: I'm super excited. And I, I love this, this playing this idea of like, what does it mean? You know, what does it mean to live here? What does it mean to be from here? When, when do you get your identity as a Texan? You know, I just, I'm, I'm tickled that people are like playing with me, <laughs> you know, about it. Does that make sense? You yes. are entertaining my, uh, my ruminations oh that's perfect they're entertaining my ruminations well um, if anybody wants to reach out to Kim interested in the work that she does you can always hit up the show notes I always have links to um, where people can find you and I am always at um, I've updated a website and now I've changed it to pricklyandblooming.com everyone so this is this is the first time I've, I've announced that because I worked on it furiously Sunday and on Instagram um, the handle is also pricklyandblooming and And what else do I have to say? I think that's all I have to say. We'll meet here again next week.
2: Everything up to this point has led me here. And there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense. story that was meant to be I can finally say I feel at home I can finally say I love to stay chances taken choices made cards left on tables and cards played